Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Today, roughly 42 million unpaid caregivers care for older loved ones in the United States. By 2050, Older adults will represent over 20% of the population. How are we going to care for all of them? Join me, Sujin Pak, the host of Uncared For, as I turn the spotlight on the emotional highs and lows of elder care in season two. Through intimate conversations with family caregivers, we'll explore what it takes to ensure our loved ones can age with dignity. Uncared For from Lemonada Media and the Commonwealth Fund is out on May 15th, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, your weekly dose of pop culture, celebrity missteps, and public apologies. And this week, I flew for the first time in two years, and it's absolute garbage. And I'm Mohamed Al-Sheikhi, and this week, I started uh, taking walks every morning. And guess what? That did not fix my life. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. Um, and I'm Oha Lopez, and this week, I am so excited because we have a dear friend on the podcast, Vinny Thomas. He is a writer and a comedian, and pretty much like one of the funniest people I know. But I am just very happy that he's here. So hello, Vinny. Hi. Hi, Oha. Hi, Hi everyone hello. else. Hi. This is very exciting. I'm thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also there. First of all, I noticed, uh, I don't know, podcasters can't see it, but you have an aquarium behind you. Is this right? Uh, well, it's very close. That is a, it's a terrarium. It's a terrarium. Yeah, it's a terrarium. Okay. And it's where I keep my snake, Mrs. Gutierrez. She lives <laughs> there in that glass box. Wow. Uh, yeah. Snakes. Um. I, I think snakes have notoriously been scary, but I seem to really enjoy them and find them to be quite cuddly. Yeah, honestly, like I think they're the perfect this? pet um, because they they thrive on neglect. Um, right, right. <laughs> you only need to feed them like once every week or so. And then during the winter, they don't eat or drink at all, basically. So they just sit there for six months. So you can travel and you don't have to worry about it dying or anything. <laughs> um, they'll let you hold them, Damn. but they're not like, they, they don't love it. You know what I mean? So you don't have to worry about affection. Yeah. And that, you know, it's, it's pretty much it. They're, they're almost rocks and I think they're great. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what I want in my next relationship, I think. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I want. I want a boyfriend who just eats one large meal every week and then doesn't talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be a lasagna. Let's be real. It's a one pan option here. 
Yeah, I uh, I recently heard a story about myself as a kid where my mom, I guess, let me out in some person's backyard. And then when she came back to find me, I had like a snake. This is me at like six years old, a snake that I found in this man's backyard. And it was wrapped around my arms and my neck. And I seemed to be having a great time. So I don't know. Maybe I have like a longstanding relationship with snakes. <laughs> maybe they're like... I identify with them in some way. You know what? I'm fascinated with this idea of of baby Oha running in from the outdoors on a hot day like Britney Spears and just having a wild garter snake or something <laughs> draped around her. I love the idea that when like you're like a kid, you're like, I'm a this kind of person now. And maybe at that point, I was just like, you know what? I'm a snake girl. And I'm into snakes, but yeah, I love I I do remember being a teenager and changing my whole identity around one small, very <laughs> specific thing that I was super into that week. Oh, um, for me in high snakes. school, giant black coats. I don't know what it was. <laughs> hey, all right. You guys are not who I would be hanging out with in high school, but you know, you sound interesting. <laughs> Wait, giant black coats, why, Vinny? Why? I don't know. I did What was your vibe? What was the aesthetic? Well, let me tell you. I didn't I didn't know what clothes should look like. I didn't know how they should fit. My brother's much bigger than me and I'd worn his hand-me-downs for like my whole life and so I was used to like oversized clothing. Got it. So I went to I went to Burlington Coat Factory and I was like, I'm going to get like a cool black kind of trench coat, like a nice wool coat. You know, my tiny little 5'6 frame. I'm going to wear like a black trench coat to school in Colorado. Oh, Colorado too? Oh, this that's what I'm bad. saying. <laughs> I buy this coat. It's like two sizes too big. And I'm just shuffling around school basically in a cloak. I look suspicious as fuck. I would have locked me up. Yeah, you sound suspicious as fuck. <laughs> I mean, I was very affable, very friendly. And I thought I was the shit. Like, I thought I looked like a badass fucking like detective. Um, but I didn't. I looked like a ghoul. And no one said anything. You're so rude. Well, one quick thing before we fully get into today's episode. We are so excited to announce that starting this week, we will be doing weekly bonus episodes through Spotify subscriptions. So for $1.99 a month, you're going to get a new episode each Tuesday in addition to Friday's main episode. And for our first Spotify series, we're counting down the top 10 worst YouTube apologies of all time. And if you'd like to sign up, all you have to do is go to I'm Sorry's uh, show page on Spotify, where you'll find the link to subscribe in the show's description, and then just enter your details and tap subscribe. And then to start listening, either tap activate on Spotify, or copy that private RSS link, and then you paste it into any podcast app of your choice. And the first episode is out now. It was the top 10 worst YouTube apologies. And I just thought to myself, there's so many more than just 10. YouTube is sort of a bit of a like now that we have full YouTube celebrities and we have like this entire culture around YouTube, um, do you guys remember when you first started listening or like tuning into YouTube? I mostly just look at links. I'm not like a huge like subscriber of certain people on YouTube. I yeah. just like, yeah. know them because I like they get reported on other things and I and I read about them there. It's so funny. It's never a specific moment. It's just something that like bleeds into your life, right? Like you watch one video and then you watch <laughs> yeah. a bunch of them and then you might see the same person pop up over and over and all of a sudden you're like, you're, you're a fan. You're in the audience. <laughs> I remember, I think maybe the way I kind of mainly got into YouTube and then would go on the crazy algorithm is like, 
like a clip from Ellen. And it's like, you know, like Ellen said this to Dakota Fanning. And I was like, oh, my God, what did Kendall Jenner say on Ellen? And I would just watch Ellen on YouTube until, of course, she became 30% of their traffic. And then she started her own Ellen tube thing, which, by the way, does Ellen have like an app empire? Sorry, that was a real shift. No, I didn't even know about Ellen Tube. That's fascinating. To yes, me. it's all just like she has kind of her own spinoff of like little hosts, little videos, and she just sort of. Oh, I had you know, no idea. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. Didn't even, I didn't even watch the Ellen Show itself, so I wasn't really tuned in to uh, mm-hmm. all of the small Ellen programs. You know what I did watch. I watched the compilations of when she scared people. Yes. Oh, oh my God, I did watch that. <laughs> I love those. If, if I was a guest on her show and someone like this would jump and scare me, like, first of all, how do you expect, like, what if someone had, a, like, a wild reaction? Like, what if, like, I punched <laughs> the person who came out of the box? Now what? And it and it's for some reason Kim Kardashian doing it. And I'm just like, I punched Kim Kardashian in the face and now what's going to happen? Oh, what's going to happen if you punch Kim Kardashian in the face? Absolutely nothing. Your hand is going to bounce right off. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, these compilations. You guys, that is the best comedy out there though. That is what TikTok is trying to get the closest to, which is just cat videos of random things that happen to children and people falling. That is the best comedy. It is... In our lizard brains, it will always be better know, than anything I ever know. written. Yeah, like like yeah, someone like slipping like on a like on a banana peel will not like is the funny thing ever. That's it. And I can sit here and try to write sophisticated comedy as much as I want. It's not gonna be the same. No. You know, it's not gonna be the same. To replicate that to replicate that is the dream. Well, since we're talking about comedy and comedy geniuses, uh, <laughs> okay. I don't know if any of you uh <laughs> I don't know if any of you uh, watched the Instagram live today between Alec Baldwin and Woody <laughs> Allen. Oh, oh God. God. So first of all, I had to create like an, a different Instagram account just so I can log in because I didn't want anyone to think I am watching it for because I'm <laughs> into these guys from my Wait, actual account. Wait, you haven't had a burner account this whole time? You had to no. set one up just for this? Yeah. I did That's not. That's crazy, first yeah, of all. Yeah, I'm looking at the edge. Yeah, I'm just scrolling. <laughs> Wait through people pictures would i might just like an old picture by mistake and i have to live with that oh, i don't no. have a burner account what, what is that Vinny? you have a burner account, yes right? because if you want to for that same reason if you want to go back and look through someone's content and you know you're gonna accidentally double tap you don't yeah. want them to be able to see that it was you i don't want anybody to see that i was lurking i'm i'm so glad mohanad's the kind of person who's up front <laughs> and like above board with everything not me. No, I just, I'm learning so many new things about my co-hosts every day, and I don't, I, it, it makes me trust them less, almost. I don't, I know that feels, I should be the least trustful one, because I'm the one with the burner, but I trust you less for some reason. But anyways. I'm just honest, I'm just out there. But no, I did, I did watch it, and it was insane. It was insane. Well, okay, one of the things that Woody Allen said that was so funny to me, he said, so Alec Baldwin asked him if he was going to make any more movies, and he was like... I don't know, man. After the pandemic, a lot of like the movies, like you make something and then it's in the movie theater for like two weeks and it just moves to streaming. The thrill of movie making is gone. And that's why I stopped making movies. Oh, is that why? (laughs) Oh, man. First of all, the thrill of movie making. I'm just like, can we not romanticize this process anymore? It's not like jumping out of a plane or like running a marathon. It's like 
tedious, irritating work that you have to do over and over and over. Yeah. Is that weird of me to say? It's just not the process. The movie itself is fun. The process is not. Oh, yeah. Is not yeah, fun. It's like, saying, it's like saying, oh, my God, I love writing so much. It's so much. No, I hate writing so much. <laughs> I love it when it's done, when I look at the finished project. But the process itself of just putting my thoughts on paper it's the worst. But I feel like for people like Woody Allen and James Cameron and those, you know, I think there is a thrill because they have so many people underneath them that are actually doing the work. They get to just sort of like yeah. sprinkle themselves on top of it and get the thrill. I wonder if the thrill compares to marrying your own stepdaughter. For Woody <laughs> I don't know. Good question. I don't know if that if there's any thrill that compares to that or any peak or valley emotionally that would ever <laughs> is that the most dramatic thing that exists maybe like outside of maybe like murder or like you know to me that is the single most sop, like soap opera dramatic thing that could yeah. possibly happen in the entire universe like the kind of thing that when you walk into a room people immediately stop talking and like look in your direction <laughs> I don't right. think you know what's wild is that like you know we been watching obviously like or had watched the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial and I think you know in our lifetime it felt like one of the most dramatic sort of court things to play out ever um but when I was looking back at the Woody Allen Mia Farrow divorce and the way the New York Times reported on it actually we've been dramatic this whole time we just <laughs> I think buried it in newspapers so it wasn't like as is accessible but when you read I mean we should link this on our um our page because when you read through like the ruling that this judge had and the way she really just like took Woody like to task in this in this ruling basically saying you're useless man <laughs> essentially is what it came out to Damn, you're just okay. a terrible terrible man who doesn't even know their kids um teachers and also just because they said that you didn't molest your daughter i, I don't know that's inconclusive to me is essentially what the judge said damn yeah. i think we're in a period where we don't experience shame anymore like there are celebrities i like i would never do an instagram live with them because it would be embarrassing you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah and it's not like uh, Alec Baldwin has done anything recently that was bad that he <laughs> maybe should avoid, you know, making it worse for himself. But no, he was like, I am going to triple down on everything. And I love that in his Instagram caption, like when he announced that he was interviewing Woody Allen, he was like, I don't care what about what people think. First of all, we already know that. We've established <laughs> that a long time ago. Yes. But also, like, and he was like, just because someone made a an HBO documentary about him, that is not trial. I'm like, bro, what are you even saying? Just have the bad interview. No one is asking you for excuses. You just, you know. <laughs> uh, but it was just so funny watching it because there was just like Woody Allen kept having a uh, connection, like issues. They're so bad, both of them on the internet, and you can see Alec Baldwin just facial feature just changing because you you know he's about to lose it oh he's being emotional online yeah and he started yelling at his housekeeper in spanish it was just amazing well that was the weirdest part when he literally got up out of his chair walked off camera to then scream to his housekeeper in spanish i don't know i don't speak spanish um oh how i wish you had been watching because you could have translated i would love to know what the housekeeper was going to do for woody allen's bad internet connection wherever he's reporting from (laughs) wow so 
I guess there are at least two native Spanish speakers in that house, huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's wild. Exactly. Really and crazy. it's so funny because, like, so Woody Allen was talking about like countries he likes to go to uh to film because he he's so tired of filming in the u.s right now oh, so Jesus he goes Christ. to other places to film because he has more friends there never explained why or what led to that it's just he just has more friends outside of the u.s and every time he mentions something about european countries alec baldwin will jump in and be like oh Spain as well. I love Spain. I love Barcelona. Yes, I love that place. I'm like, bro, we get it. You know, this is like, um, I'm just so honestly, it's like morbidly curious about what the housekeeper said now or what he said to the oh, housekeeper. You can find it. It's on. Yeah. And I was just looking at it and he basically is telling his housekeeper in Spanish that she needs to go fix the Wi-Fi connection. So that's essentially, he's like, excuse me, whoever's in front of me, I know this is not your job, but can you please go get this fixed? So he's he's instruction. You know, he's giving her some instructions. But here's the thing. They're both not at the same place. Yeah. And his Wi-Fi he, <laughs> is fine. It's Woody Allen's Wi-Fi. That's yeah. what he that's what he's Alex Baldwin asked his housekeeper to fix Woody Allen's Wi-Fi. It's like the like, I hate to be that person, but I'm sorry, the boomerness that I was experiencing. Because yeah. first of all, I don't know if you caught this, but before the Woody Allen jumped on. Alec jumped on, I think, by accident. So he went live for about two minutes and he was talking on his phone to somebody and then realized he was trying to then mute the screen. And oh. I mean, he, I don't, and then, so that's the whole thing happened. So then he finally like ended that live. And then when he came back, there was all, you know, like the, the technical issues that were happening on Woody's end. They at one point propped a door open because they said maybe that'll let more Wi-Fi in yes. on the Allen side. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> They did do that. They did do that. It was amazing. Yeah. Did you hate it when you were playing outside on a hot summer day and you left the door open and your parents would be like, close that door, you letting all the good Wi-Fi out. (laughs) From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panic sweating and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys watch the Rudy Giuliani violent attack at the Staten Island supermarket? <laughs> oh, Lord. 
Aaron. Where yeah. the first 24 to 48 hours of this, I was like, wow, Rudy Allen got beat up at a supermarket in Staten Island. I was like, good. Like, that's kind of how I felt. Did you just call him Rudy Allen? I'm Ru- did I call him Rudy Allen? You did. I live. Um, sorry <laughs> about that. But it, it feel Woody and Rudy seem similar enough that I can just interchange these elderly white men that are doing yeah, bad. Same, same man. Um, But then when I actually watched the video and I realized it was just a man congratulating another man on, like, his wedding or something, like, I thought that's just how men said hello. It was just sort of a tap on the back. Oh, my God. Did you guys see that interview with Rudy Giuliani? Speaking of terrible boomer interviews. Yes. Oh, yes. He's on, like, Newsmax. There's a lawnmower or a generator or something going (laughs) off outside of a trailer. Is he he back at Four Seasons Landscaping? (laughs) Girl, nobody knows what is going on. He, he he could be anywhere. In his head, he doesn't know where he is. And uh, yeah, they're asking him, like, it didn't seem that bad. And he was like, oh, no, the lady afterwards, she was just, she was consoling me. He said that the guy hit him so hard that the reverberations almost knocked everyone else over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is so funny. That is so silly. And like the woman, when the, when the, the woman who said she was shoulder to shoulder with him, that when she, yeah, he got hit so hard that she almost fell out. They were interviewing her. I mean, I'm sorry. Typical Staten Island. <laughs> the only part I hated was she was wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. And I was like, you know what? You don't deserve that Guns N' Roses t-shirt, <laughs> ma'am. Because what kind of rocker are you? Literally. Like, you you weren't even shoulder to shoulder with him. Yeah. I'm so, yeah. I'm going to be so sad when Rudy Giuliani dies. I, I think it's going to be, I think he's such, he's such a clown. And he's, he's such so. Such a clown. He's, did y'all see when he was eating soup? He was like shaving above a bowl of soup in an airport. I still think about that. <laughs> I think the visage of Rudy Giuliani is such a beautiful depiction of like the collapse of the American dream, <laughs> like coalesced into this melting old man who like shaves <laughs> over chowder in an airport. I think it's so funny. And he is, he's just wild, wild person. I hope he lives forever and just continues to look worse (laughs) well if he's as frail as it seems he is he's not gonna live very long (laughs) it's just so funny and i and i love that they that there is a video of that like attack that assault on him like i watched it and i was like i saw the guy like slap him like on his back and i was just like okay i'm like still watching waiting for the for the attack and i was like oh it was that a guy touched his back (laughs) <laughs> and that was enough for him to be like, I am, I might n- never recover from this. I was absolutely I, not. Yeah. I was hoping so badly that there was going to be sound because I wanted to hear him say like, ah, he tried to kill me <laughs> or like just <laughs> something completely out of pocket and ridiculous. God, I wish there was sound. God, it really felt like that one of those soccer moments where the guy barely gets tapped and the other man just sort of slowly falls to the ground. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, did you guys know, because this is something that I just read today, but like Andrew Giuliani is in the New York primaries, mm-hmm. um, currently, like, I guess, running for some level of, is it the mayor? Is that what he's running for? He was running for mayor before and did not, you know, did not win or get like through. I don't know what he's running for now. Were there got three it, people it. named Andrew running for mayor of New York? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, three. It was Andrew Yang, Andrew Giuliani, 
And then there was another Andrew. The third one. The third Andrew. A third Andrew. Who knows? <laughs> and the governor was Andrew Cuomo. I'm just like, I think we had enough of Andrews. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. please stop. Uh, I don't know what he's running for now, but he's, his dad, that's why he was in Staten Island. He was campaigning for him. Got it. That's so wild. And it's just so funny. Can you imagine Rudy Giuliani campaigning for you? The guy who was just on The mass Singer. <laughs> no. I, but that's the thing. Like, I mean, can you imagine just being Giuliani, period? Like, this is the man that we hailed as a hero during 9-11. A hero. Not we. I was a child. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and I'm Y'all an immigrant maybe. and was in a different country. <laughs> Don't put me in that bucket, baby. <laughs> but I'm just like looking at like, I mean, how the mighty have fallen. God. Oh, l- lest we not forget that. What was it? Borat 2 when he was unzipping his pants. Oh, yeah. Perf. Oh, my God. It's 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 truly insane. Yeah. Like, it's just like it's so insane to me when people like this, like, you know, had their moment and they could have just like left at the top. But they just just decide to rock to the bottom instead because like if Rudy Giuliani like ended his mayoral like term and then was just remembered as the person who was the mayor of New York during 9-11 he would have been fine yeah he would have retreated into like that's it you know what I mean he could I will never understand you achieve a little success that should be it Right out. (laughs) you but you buy a beautiful ranch in Santa Fe (laughs) and then you never hear from me Again. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. That is absolutely... Mohanad has specifically many times on this podcast said that he just needs a little bit of money and we will never see him again. (laughs) But it's not about money for these guys. It's about power. Literally, power is all that they thirst for. It's But power, yeah. Even the power is in the worst ways possible. Like, there's so many ways for them to get power. Like, go on, like, I don't know, like... Like find a kind of like big pharma company or something and work for them or just like be the spokesperson and just, you know, or some shit. But no, they pick the worst people ever yeah. to associate with. Ugh. And then it just does it it never works. Like if you had to be on the mass singer, I think that's just rock bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would be so embarrassed if I like Seal was on the mask singer and he should not have been. He had no business. He there. had no business being on the mask singer. If I was Seal's manager, I would have said, absolutely not. We can still make this work. <laughs> yeah. After Rudy Giuliani was on it, I was just like, you know, of course I don't watch it, but I was like, I'm not watching. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I watched the first season of the masked singer and then I was like, I get it. You know, um, I had to stop after seal because seal came on and he starts singing and i'm like oh that's seal but his character was wearing a dress and so all these judges were like billy porter oh my gay black sounding billy porter i just love that the guesses on that show are like the worst like they like they'll watch someone with like a high pitch just like wearing like in a bee suit or something and then one of the judges will be like Michelle Obama. And I'm just like, what are you even talking about? She is not here. She is yeah. not in there. She's not in this costume. And it's never explicitly racist, but it's a little racist. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Jenny 100%. McCarthy will be like, it sounds like someone really hip hoppy or something like that. And I'll be like, <laughs> hip hoppy? In what way, Jennifer? Like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's say let's what we mean. That. Yeah. 
I I really like like Ken Jong and I I wonder what it would take because I know that when Rudy Giuliani came out, he apparently like walked off set or maybe like left the production altogether. And I do like the idea that you're at work and something happens and you're like, absolutely not. <laughs> this is the I, I'm leaving. This is the absolute end of my I'm not doing this anymore. I want that power at all times. I want to be able to do that. I think he probably was like after the Sarah Palin one, he was like, I swear to God, if you do anything similar like this before, I will leave. And they just took him <laughs> upon his word and brought Rudy Giuliani on. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm I'm excited to see him on more shows. Like if, if Rudy Giuliani appears on The Circle, that would be great. No, the only <laughs> show I want to see him on is January 6th or the closed circuit television of the, oh, of the federal court. That's Look, the only TV I want. I on. would yeah. love to see Rudy Giuliani in more shows where he has to wear a suit that is so heavy and so hot he might die while he wears it. <laughs> like they take his mask off and it's just like liquid that spills out of the costume. Oh, God, Rudy. Or Woody, if I'm if I'm confused, anyways. <laughs> Goddamn these guys! And this is the thing: is like like politics is so meshed into celebrity at this point, and he's such at the like crux of that for me in so many ways. Like he genuinely feels like at the very nexus of celebrity and politics, and I think that's why my distaste for him is maybe so big. And also, I'm just as enthralled with him as I would be say, with a Kardashian. Like, he feels like a reality show just in and of himself, in his own body, every time he speaks. Yeah. It's fucking TMZ all over his face, you know? Yeah, but that's everyone now. Like, every celeb can be politician. Every politician is a celeb now. And it's it's very hard to, like, you know, find that line because that's, that's what they want, you know? Like, I feel like people really get into politics now just to be celebs. That's it, you know? Yeah. Like, I think, like, I think Nancy Pelosi really wanted to, like, be a poet and it did not work for her so she ran as the like speaker of the house <laughs> could you imagine her, like nancy pelosi talking in like a slam poetry voice <laughs> yes i could actually she would come out and like a like a dashiki like she did for, her, for yeah. beautiful she, kente cloth stole beautiful kente cloth and she would say something like you got to believe in who you are and in what difference you can make as a woman in America. And then she would walk off in her little bright red pantsuit and all the ladies. She'd snap with her ancient ladies would fingers. Snap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd give $15 for that. Absolutely. She'd make a great busker. She'd make a great like old lady in New York who like <laughs> the locals know, you know what I mean? They know her name. That's Miss Pelosi. Like a, like a Christine Baranski of, of the, of <laughs> yeah, the yeah. A real dame. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is, I was reading to an article about like how we don't want to give people who are like 70 or 80 year olds, like real jobs in the American workforce, but that's like everybody who's in the government and I just really thought to myself, like, how complicated it must be to be that age. Like, my grandmother's 80, and she doesn't want to do anything, you guys. She just wants to hang out, drink her sangria on a porch, and just look at, like, watch leaves grow and flowers bloom. That's literally all she wants to do. So it genuinely surprises me that Nancy Pelosi just is so just out there you know i know like everything i do now everything i do in my life is to 
never have to go back to working at an office ever again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like I don't know how is that a dream. Like even like running for president, that's an office job for me. I don't want mm-hmm. that. Like, no. get, just give me money and I'll just do stuff outside of that. <laughs> just give me money and I'll do stuff. Yeah. yeah, like, why Why would I have to, like, you know, think about legislations and just, like, laws and, like, shit like that? Like, it's not, it doesn't seem like it's your thing. And if you want to be a celeb, just, just get into that, you know? Like, but to, like, to go through politics to get to what you actually want is so weird to me. Because, like, you're clearly not accomplishing anything. I'm just talking yeah. about, like, Nancy Pelosi, just like everyone else, you know? It's just so weird. It's like politics is movies for ugly people, essentially. For people who are just not hot for movies. Well, they say those who can't do teach, so maybe those who can't be famous politic? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Let's put that on a shirt. But that doesn't explain why Andrew Giuliani is running for governor, because he is so fucking hot. <laughs> He's so fucking hot. Yeah, I do. I yeah. will say, I agree with Mohammed. When he smiles, and you can see your reflection in his teeth, I think... <laughs> I think that is so romantic and <laughs> beautiful. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few, and of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. So we, we have a listener apology that we can yes. listen to you and talk about that was sent by uh, someone who listens to the show. So we're going to get into that. It's from uh, Alonzo. So let's hear what he has to say. Hey, y'all. Uh, my name is Alonzo. I love the show. Something that I need to apologize for is, uh, well, it took place back when I was a child, maybe like nine years old, and I was in karate class. Now, this karate class was cheap, so it was in the, you know, rough part of town. Um, and that's important to the story, so that's why I said it. Um, and one, and every time we would finish a class, we'd all sit around uh, crisscross applesauce on the floor in a circle. And, you know, I, I don't know what they would do. I think they would do, like, fights or something. Uh, it's taekwondo. I don't know. 
Um, so one time I was rocking back and forth and I had had a milkshake before coming to class and I farted like so loud that it sounded like a machine gun. So everyone ran away screaming because again, this is a tough part of town. So they thought we were being shot at. Um, so they ran away screaming and the one kid next to me did not run away screaming. Um, and I blamed him for farting. I said, ew guys, everyone, he farted crazy. And to that, to that child, I'm sorry to that child. Cause I don't, I don't remember your name, but I'm sorry that I farted and pretended it was you that did it. Anyway, I never went back to class. Thank you for listening. Bye. Wow. Oh, my God. Isn't that the dead giveaway? You just never went back to class? Everyone's like, <laughs> okay, then it was definitely him. Yes. Well, first of all, I just want to start also by saying that, you know, fart shaming doesn't do anything except humiliate those people who have interesting, unique, special kind of farts. You know what I mean? Just to start off with that, Alonzo, you're sa- this is a safe space. Thank you for telling us. Maybe I should start off with that. Just because I have a history of revealing profoundly embarrassing things on this podcast. And so I really have to start off by saying thank you. Thank you for sharing. That must have been very hard. Um, Yeah, and it's normal. And he who dealt it, (laughs) aggressions need to stop. No, I'm sorry. If you're in a sports setting, if you're in... (laughs) If you're in a setting where people are already sweaty and funky and like trying to focus... (laughs) For you to rip ass is is an act of terrorism, but more than that, it's, it's, it's bioterrorism. Yeah, it's bioterrorism. Exactly. Alonzo is a war criminal. Okay, things are developing here. I like, and I'm glad he's sorry. He should be sorry. <laughs> yeah, the blaming part. How do we feel about shifting the blame and not being accountable for what you've done and making another person take it? Look, he just said the quiet part out loud because, look, crop dusters have been doing this for years. Like, (laughs) you pretty much are trying to pretend it wasn't you, you know, and keep it moving. So it's the same. It's the same thing. And and I I despise crop dusters. Okay. (laughs) I'm glad we all feel very strongly about this particular thing. The way I want to take out the part that's just I despise crop dusters and use it as like, oh, Kiki hates the farmers of America. (laughs) Kiki despises agricultural communities. (laughs) I I hope that that other kid, I hope that other kid didn't grow up to just uh, internalize that forever. Like maybe that became his nickname. (laughs) And... I don't know. Maybe that that kid is a Supreme Court justice now. Then now oh what? Oh my god! Yeah, that's his origin story. Is in yeah. that moment. <laughs> I also love that Alonzo. That's how you know he managed to get on the podcast. This reminds me of that. Like, oh my god! So there was this during the last Oscars. There was this guy who was nominated for a <laughs> documentary, and the documentary was about him interviewing the people he bullied. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine getting bullied at school and then your bully grows up, makes a movie about it, and now he's nominated for an Oscar? No, that's amazing. That's That's just proof that, yeah, like, you know what? The bad guys do win. Because let me tell you, I'm tired of hearing from the people who are bullied. I'm tired of hearing about the victims. It's hacked. I want to hear from the bullies themselves. I'm tired of it. It's done. Oh, my God. 
Uh, well, thank you so much, Alonso, for <laughs> sending in your apology. Please keep sending us your apologies. If you owe someone one or if someone needs to apologize to you, you can send us a voice memo at I'm sorry at lemonadamedia.com or you can DM us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. I can't wait to hear from you. Um, okay, and now it is time for our own apologies. Yes, it's time for my favorite segment, Sorry Not Sorry, where we uh, yes. either apologize to someone or we demand an apology. And as like every week, we usually start with Oha, who always has to apologize to someone. Yeah, I'm a big fuck up. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I am a little bit of a fuck up right now, too. So my mom is in town, and God... You guys, my mother is a goddamn angel. So first of all, she comes to my house and the first thing she says, hey, this vacation is about you. It's not about me. And I'm like, what does that mean? And she's like, we're going to do all of your laundry. We're going to clean your house. We're going to organize all your closets. We're going to do everything. And we have spent the last like three, (laughs) three days just like cleaning my house. And this morning I was like, I woke up and I was just grumpy. Like I just woke up on... Though I just was, my patience was thin, you know, and my mom is, wakes me up so sweetly and she's like, Hey, do you want to go, um, like maybe like do a little stretch and meditate? And I was like, mom, like I just blew up on her and I was just like, you don't get to come into my house and like dictate like what I'm going to do in the morning. I want to sleep. Oh my God. And as soon, she was like, Oh God. And closed the door and went back into her room And I just stewed in, (laughs) honestly, a wrong bad feeling. For a moment there, I felt no gratitude. I felt nothing good. I only felt like a bitchy, bratty 16-year-old. And I had to really come out of that, you guys. And I had to knock on my mom's door and say, hey, mom, I'm so sorry. Thank you for coming to see me. Of course, I would love to meditate and do stretches with you. Thank you for cooking breakfast. God, what a mega bitch I was this morning, you guys. Oh! That was a real apology. At least, like, you know, I will say that I'm glad as adults we can instantaneously apologize to our mothers because the 14-year-old in us would just let our mother (laughs) just live with that for the rest of her life. Oh, yeah. I would make it worse. I will double down by, like, escaping for three days and not calling her to tell her where I am. Yeah, I was kind of a hardcore teenager. Pretty hardcore. Escaping. (laughs) Yeah, like snakes, escapes. I was doing all kinds of fucked up dangerous stuff, you guys. Yikes. Oh, yeah. But now I'm, you know, now I can admit when I've been a little bit of a big bitch. I see you next Tuesday. A little bit of a charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. (laughs) Yes. We weren't going to let this go. But but, Which, by the way, Nancy Pelosi was on Drag Race. So just, you know, I'm sorry, Mom. And she wasn't even in drag. I wish I wish Nancy Pelosi was on Drag Race and she showed up and I was like, who is that? I don't even remember. Who is that? that? You know what I mean? Like she yeah. was just in full drag, but instead it was just, oh. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Well, what about you, uh, Kiki? What's your um, what's your apology or apology request? Um, you know, truthfully, I mean, besides white people, it's going to be uh, <laughs> I think every single person in the world who, or at least America who said um, in 2016, you're overreacting. Mm-hmm. Every single person who acted like the crying and all of the um, marching and just, uh, you know, everything that we did, we weren't just being whiny brats. 
we legitimately knew that um, where our country was headed. So don't tell me I was overreacting because clearly I wasn't. I need to react some more, clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so pave the way for that because I'm going to be overly, overly reacting for the next, I don't even know, for the foreseeable future. So all those people owe me an apology. Um, I won't get it because those people are stubborn and hard-headed, but they owe it to me and everyone else. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you're saying, Kiki. I think this is a perfect country. Nothing bad has ever happened. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> well, you know, and you're, you spent thousands of dollars to be here and you're yeah. still spending money just, just you to know, be here. You know, you know what's funny? Because like, you know, like when you, when you spend so much money on something and then you get it and then it's not as good as you expected it to be <laughs> and then you try to justify how good it is to other people. Uh-huh. This is how me with moving to the States, you know, now I'm just like, well, you know, at least there's... Uh, uh, Um, the subway is good Um, I'm trying to find the bright side in it just to justify how much money I'm paying I'm also like waiting on my green card so if anyone from immigration is listening to this I think this place is perfect there's nothing wrong with it yeah anything that happens I'm just like this is great I mean good yeah Uh, yeah I don't know Vinny do you have anyone you want to apologize to or uh like maybe ask for an apology from um i would like first of all to apologize to blick art supplies (gasps) (laughs) what did you do uh because i went to blick art supplies and i purchased uh well i picked up a graphite pencil and while i was in the line i dropped it on the ground and it shattered and i got really sweaty and i picked it up and i (laughs) i just threw it in the closest little receptacle and no one saw me and i got up there and i was like i said just these please (laughs) and i didn't get the graphic pencil and no one knew about it and uh i feel bad i I broke some of the merchandise at blick um (laughs) i would also like to apologize to someone i just went on a date with um it was only one date but it was it was kind of (laughs) weird Um, it was very awkward. And at the end, he was like, I had a really good time. I want to see you again. And I was like, <laughs> I said, it was okay. <laughs> um, and wow. just that, nothing more. It was very, it's maybe the rudest thing I've ever said to a person in my life. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> and so that I'd like to apologize for as well. Do you think, do you think this is, this is maybe be, because of just, we spend so much time on social media that this is sounds like something you would reply to, to someone but then it just blended into real life. It must have. The minute I said it, I like, I was, I was like, oh no, 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 it was. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. It's, you know what oh, I mean? Like, shit. To, uh, no, but he's I, very nice. Yeah. No, I see. I, I honestly is like see, can can see that because like sometimes like I would, I mean, I would do it on Twitter especially because you know people there are extremely annoying, but someone would say something dumb because they're they don't know how to talk to people, and then you reply to them in the worst way possible, and then you're like. God, you just look like you're like a grandma, and I just roasted yeah. you so hard. <laughs> when I tell you, I've had to be so careful about that online because most the stuff that irritates me most is never the mean stuff. Yeah, it's just the stuff that's a little off. Like it doesn't add up. Like, wh- like what are you saying? Or if it's not clear, it's just weird, amorphous words. Like that is bothersome to me. I know. Um, and I know. you have to like it is the instinct is there. That algorithm knows. It's like you really want to fuck this person up, don't you? <laughs> I know. You want to really you oh want to tear this bitch apart. And I'm like I don't <laughs> actually I don't know that person. That's someone's that's someone's great aunt. You know what I mean? Like 
it's none of my business. I Truly. know. Because like sometimes like you would post about something and like something just like fucked up and then someone earnestly will reply. I'm like, I cannot believe that this is the country we live in. And they like say it with so much passion and they'll actually like think it that way. But you've heard that so many times and you think it's simple and you want to like, and you just like unpacked it so quick in your mind and then you want to apply to them and you're like, oh, you don't believe this is the country we live in. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like why am i doing this this person just seems so nice and i'm just dunking on them so hard right now and for yeah. us it's like i don't know it's like social media is like a part of our careers you know what i mean it's yeah, like something yeah. we devote so much but for them it's just like it's a little blip on their day you know what i mean yeah. like oh my god it's, it's just a little something this is like a new phenomenon because like I, you know i i had went back to hinge i quickly came back off of it after this <laughs> event but like i said something to this guy and he shot back at to me and he's like Oh, like, this sounds like something that would be a reply on social media. Are you trying to be edgy? And I was like, what, what? Hold up a second. And like started, like literally started like yelling at me about my reply to him. And I was like, sir, you're going to need to calm down. Like if you want to get into these pants, but clearly that's over now. Yeah. And so I just like, but like, it's a thing. Like people think, oh, the funniest part was when he said, I work in social media, so I get those things. That was the funniest part he said to <laughs> okay. me. I was like, yeah. oh, do you now? Great. Oh, I don't know anything about social media, but fuck off. I love that. Kiki said, you're either going to have to calm down if you want to get into these pants or get way more aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> also, what does I work in social media even mean? I'm just like, oh, yeah, I run this Twitter account for this yogurt company. So I get what you're saying. And I'm just like, bro, shut up. Like you, yeah. It does not matter. Uh, okay, I'll move on to my 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 thing, which is yes. Very, tell us. It's very stupid. It's literally very basic. But as I said earlier in the podcast, I've been uh, taking a lot of walks every morning, and I found this one coffee shop that I just start, start going to every day. And I, you know, I go in, I order the same thing at like eight a.m. or something, and it's like literally a vanilla latte with oat milk. Very basic. And I went there yesterday and I got in and the person behind the counter is this very nice lady. And she, before I asked for my order, she said, a vanilla latte with oat milk. And I replied, no, <laughs> I want a cappuccino. I don't drink cappuccinos. I what? hate cappuccinos. I just do not like to be known. <laughs> <laughs> This nice woman, just like doing her job, just remembered my order, just wanted to make my life easier. And instead, I was just like, no, 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 no. Mm -hmm. You do not get to tell me I am predictable. I am literally <laughs> hanging by a thread. This is why I'm going on these walks. And absolutely not. And she was surprised. She was taking on just like, okay, I'll make you a cappuccino. But like I said it way too aggressively, just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> shut the fuck up do you think you know me yeah as a former barista i would be very annoyed with you <laughs> and i i didn't even plan that in my head i was just like my first reaction i was just like because i'm going on these walks to get my life together and i'm just like <laughs> i will not add that to the list of stuff that i hate about myself now which is being predictable uh <laughs> So I drank that cappuccino. It fucking sucked. I didn't even finish it because I don't like it. I mean, they did a great job. But I, so I'm sorry for that <laughs> woman. Who, by the way, I'm never going back to that uh, cafe again, even yeah. though I love it. Because I know they remember me now. Uh, so I got to find a new spot because my ego is, is going to make me walk more 
to find a better <laughs> coffee shop. So great job. Yeah. The way that you make your life more miserable. I do. <laughs> on I your do. own. <laughs> I literally do. Like I would like stop ordering from like, like if I get food delivered from a place that I like, but then I get a notification that is like, you're a loyal customer. You've ordered 10 times from this place. I will immediately stop ordering from that place. <laughs> I'm just like, absolutely not. Do not tell me that I do the same thing over and over again, even though I like it. I enjoy that place. It makes me feel comfortable. But no, I will make my life miserable and order something <laughs> I like less. <laughs> you really you really remind me of this is this is I love my grandpa Mo, but you really remind me of my grandpa in this case because he always felt like everybody was being presumptuous. Like he wanted to not be known either. And he felt like any level of like being known was like Un unmerited intimacy. He's like, no, thank you. And he would just <laughs> oh, spin I, right back oh, around. Oh, absolutely. So this absolutely. Is, this is giving me this is giving me Jose Luis Sanchez vibes. So which I it can is, really it is the worst. I told you. I'm like, I, I don't even wear uh, t-shirts on stage. I'm just like, <laughs> nah. I'm sorry. Did you say you don't wear t-shirts on stage? <laughs> yeah, I would wear a jacket or like a like a sweater over oh, it or something. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank God. Like oh, yeah. I don't, I don't go. Oh, I don't go shirtless. Yes. Uh, <laughs> That would be weird. I would Very be like, weird. yeah, 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 yeah. But Kiki knows that she was at a show I was I was doing last week, and it was hot, and I was still wearing that jacket. It was hot, and there were some hot boys too. I'm gonna hit you up later to ask you oh. about if any of them are single. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure they are. But if you want to date a comedian, that's on you. I am not yeah. gonna stop you, but I'm not gonna encourage it. You knew from the first day we met that I was a chuckle fucker. So, <laughs> oh God, no! Wow, fetishizing comedians. This seems like wow. the, the worst name for a comedy club. Just like the chuckle fuckers or the chuckle hot or whatever. Oh, no. Chuckle fucker just sounds like something a boomer (laughs) would call someone they mildly disagreed with. (laughs) Like, get out of town, you chuckle fucker. (laughs) What? I said I preferred mustard on my hot dog. Jesus Christ. Uh, Well, thank you so much for being on, Vinny. You're just so great. Um, I hope Mrs. Gutierrez has an amazing day today. And if you see her again in six months and that's, you know, then good for her. She knows when to, she knows when to emerge when she's ready. She's ready. Um, Where can people find you? Um, What do you want people to check out? Would love to hear. Yeah. um, Well, first of all, you can follow me on social media at V I N N underscore A Y Y. That's V I N N (laughs) underscore A-Y-Y. I've got some stuff coming up that I can't legally talk about yet, but that you'll know about there. If you follow Vinny at V-I-N-N-Y underscore A-Y-Y. You already messed it up, buddy. Did I really? (laughs) It's okay. No worries. Dang it. No, we're going to put your ad in the show notes so people just can can click on it. Uh, Oh, hi. You're not doing a great (laughs) job of this. I'll uh, I'll step off. Social media is not my forte. Thank you, Vinny. Thank you, guys. And I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Sorry is a Lemonada Media original. The show is produced by Alex McCohen. Supervising producer is Chrissy Pease. Our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. 
And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jose Andres. Maybe you know me from my restaurants or maybe from Wall Central Kitchen, the organization I founded to feed people after disasters. Well, it's time for you to know my podcast, Longer Tables. Each episode, I get to know fascinating people in the most intimate way, through food. Stacey Abrams, Jojo Ma, Jane Goodall, Padma Lakshmi. I will answer questions from listeners too. Join me in building longer tables, not higher walls, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey friends, it's Megan Trainer And her big bro, Ryan Trainer And her husband, Daryl Sabara. Each week on our podcast, Working On It, we share behind-the-scenes stories and bring you into our hilarious and heartfelt conversations, and sometimes with amazing guests. We tackle everything from navigating Hollywood to mental health to Megan becoming a mother, Daryl becoming a father, and so much more. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of our lives and leave no detail behind. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. Listen to new episodes out every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts.